Namaste. If we take a careful look at our being, it looks like we are standing in a crowded place, a public square as the mother says, which would be okay as long as we know where we have to go and we are only resting for a while at the public square. But our situation is such that anyone and everyone, any kind of force, sensory, uh, emotional, a thought current, and it moves us and we start moving in that direction. So we start living like a puppet. In Savitri, there is a line where Shurabindu describes, a thinking puppet is this mind of life. So when we are like going in a bazaar and we see something and we instantly enter, it's a common experience. Uh, maybe not so common because the common experience is we go to bazaar with the idea of buying something. But sometimes we go to a bazaar without the idea of buying something. And as we enter the bazaar, suddenly an impulse seizes us. We turn towards the left or the right and we enter the shop. And then another impulse seizes us. We pick up something and uh, so on and so forth. So we live life like that. And this, uh, this is okay. Some people feel it's okay. What's wrong with it? Well, nothing wrong with it except that it brings in what Sri says, incoherencies of fate. It's like a life which is led with, with which had so much possibility of going ahead. But it stays at the same place and a whole lifetime, as Shubhinda puts in Savitri, a dim, long preparation is man's life. This uh, I learned from a, I mean, so many experiences one has, but <laughs> one of them was in uh, Delhi Air Force posting. I used to go out for a walk and uh, this walk used to be just a couple of kilometers or three kilometers at the most. There was a Chakkar, you know, you step out of the Subrata Park, go out and then come through the other gate. So every time we would go, there used to be a milestone. And the milestone was Amritsar, 401 miles, I still remember. But we were going through a national highway. So I made it a joke. I used to tell my friend, see, so much we move, but we are still having, Amritsar is still 401 miles. That's because we are moving in circles. So that's how Shivinda described a circle of want and toil and hope and grief. In that constant circle. And what is, uh, you know, it's a grace when moments come, when we are made to think, what is this life? But we waste it. We waste it either in complaining or we waste it in grieving or we waste it in pleasure. But what is the real purpose? So this is a state and therefore when we wake up and raise this question, why am I here? Who am I? What am I doing? Why am I doing? It is then that the real journey starts. As long as we don't know who we are, why we are here, where we have to go, we are in the position of the man who is standing on the platform, not knowing what to do idly. And somebody comes and nudges him and says, Are you are my gamwala. Ah, are wow. So where are you going? I don't know. Where are you going? I also don't know. So what to do? So he says, this train seems good. Shall we climb this train? So then a third person comes. He says, but I have ticket for the other train. Why don't you come along? So they all sit in a train without really realizing why they are and where are they going. So this situation is not a good situation. We must know who we are. And that's where the integration starts. So though in, 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 uh, in the field of nature... We cannot really have an integration where there is a constant shifting ground. We need to find that stable ground. But um, even in the field of nature, there are these three gunas. We, we know about them. Tamoguna, Rajoguna, Satuguna. But instead of going into that detail, we can roughly, <coughs> roughly say that there are two ways that people try to integrate. One is the Asuric way, which is... Rajo Tamoguna, Rajas gravitating towards Tamo and the Dabik way, which is Rajo Sattuguna, Rajo going towards Sattva. So how does the Asuric being uh, <laughs> try to integrate? He integrates by monopolizing. He integrates by crushing. He integrates by dominating. He integrates by finishing all opposition. He integrates by Taking away all the possibility, he's the devourer. That's why you know we hear that Rakshasas eat a lot, gigantic appetite. What is that appetite? And if one is in the company of such a human being, it can be very dangerous because the person will, uh, you know, eat away the consciousness. Such is the because it's their nature. So he, they eat, they eat emotions, they eat thoughts, they eat uh, life energy, 
of course uh, now the asuras have changed so they don't eat the physical body but <laughs> they leave it without rays of energy so there is one kind of integration which is not integration but which is an asuric dominance possessiveness control by crushing everything <coughs> and the weapon uh, they use is propaganda this is the only thing this my opinion they don't use the word opinion huh? they they say this is the truth and you better listen to me and uh, even religions and many other they use it i mean just because somebody labels something as religion doesn't mean it is daivik many religions today are completely asuric even in their origin so that is one part so we don't want to go that route so the other because it doesn't allow for any integration it's not integration it is actually finishing it is uh, i mean <laughs> it wants everything to be on a standard formula propaganda uh, everything should be standardized everybody should wear this way speak this way as the mother said that you know tolstoy uh, son he met her in japan and said i have an idea for making humanity one so you know integration is to make one but how so he said very simple if everybody speaks the same language then people will have no problems now of course he was too naive <laughs> because <laughs> even two people speaking the same language when they live in a same house they fight and in fact if they don't know the same language they are less likely to fight because they don't understand <laughs> that there is an uh, you know so the person has abused by that by the time you ask the person says no no nothing <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> so it's nothing to do with everybody doing the same thing that's not integration that's not oneness integration is where everything is uplifted to a great height and it finds its truth and that's ultimate harmonious truth in which all become one so first thing that we heard yesterday and now devas do that devas don't crush they illumine they ennoble so always in ancient when we see arya dharma they in they when they the aryan conquered a kingdom he didn't want to finish it he allowed it to prosper and the classical example is lord rama himself so rama goes all the way to kishkinda kishkinda in a way is conquered angad sugriv are all his friend and lanka is conquered because he is uh, you know killed ravana and uh, bibishna is with him but he doesn't say now i am the conqueror of lanka he simply gives the hands over the kingdom to bibishna and because he knows that it it's uh, it's dharma so the integration that he was doing was transpersonal it was not around a personality it was done around a transpersonal reality a reality which is dharma so same thing we see with shri krishna when he speaks about the dharma rajya and the rajasu yagya and all these yagya they were ashwamedh yagya they were meant to basically bring not just bring kingdoms under one king but to bring them under a larger umbrella of dharma so there is uh, that is how the mind proceeds the highest ideal that the mind can conceive in our uh, i mean dharma itself has two connotation ordinarily we conceive as dharma the highest ideal we can conceive and that's what yesterday we were speaking of that we should have such a large ideal and a catholic ideal which can in which we can integrate things supposing the ideal is very small and narrow then we cannot integrate supposing the ideal is that well i will always remain uh, you know uh, okay vegetarian is still okay but there are some people who form as an ideal i will wear uh, you know uh, kapda of one rang or sometimes even i will not wear a kapda so once somebody discussed with me about it you know i said he should at least think it is not only about him but there are others who are meeting you so you are rigidly attaching yourself to an idea which actually you are just thinking of your own salvation now that is not how one can integrate so that's how cults are formed sects are formed where we don't integrate see cult and sects what do they do they blur all other voices you have to believe in all the rules and regulations then only you are accepted and it is here that we find something very beautiful and unique about shirobindo that he allows us freedom to grow in different ways but the central goal has to be remembered that's how so we have to first discover that idea which is largest widest most catholic of all in which actually every diverse elements can be integrated and there is no greater idea then what is given in the isha upanishad shubhendra speaks about that and that idea is um, one is isha vasya midam sarvam 
the divine is in all beings and then the other one is uh, you know where he says the one self is in all beings so we can take that idea that the divine is within me then the divine within me and the universal self are one this is very important because otherwise i'll say divine is within me but as far as you people blasphemy and you are you know gone cases so divine is only within a group of people no the widest idea india has given to integrate see that is the beauty of sanatan dharma that the divine is within me the divine is in all and all is in the divine just now sometime back we were you know speaking about how the divine looks at the world so we look at the world me divine this that one follower another devotee all this is our way of looking at it for the divine if you ask him how do you look he is what to do <laughs> there is nothing else but myself so he is playing with himself that's how it goes so this idea is the largest idea in which we can synthesize the diverse and this idea can integrate what it can integrate for example let's take a few examples in the western world context we have a division between science and religion how this division came there is a whole background history and i am not going to get into that but basically people like copernicus galileo charles darwin there to face so much opposition even right brothers why because it was like uh, you are saying something which contradicts religion how can uh, you say that uh, earth is not the center of the world now thing is that earth is the center which which is written in certain scriptures is from a different standpoint that understanding was not there so it was like because he said something which was blasphemous same thing with poor darwin that his own wife almost abandoned him she used to be very unhappy that i love this man and he also loved her but he couldn't discuss his deepest things because to speak of evolution when there is creationism again one can easily reconcile from the sanatan dharma point of view but uh, it was blasphemy that god created everything within 7 days how can there be an eighth day when <laughs> there is a new era which is starting but actually what it meant was that prototypes of humanity on seven planes it's a very beautiful story in the bible by the way uh, you know to say that it's not that bible is wrong it's our understanding is wrong when it is said that on on six days he created and the seventh day he took rest basically on all the seven planes he created prototypes of uh, beings and seventh is the matter if we take the sachidanand then all this uh, seven planes and then he uh, rested means now the play has to unfold that whole thing has to unfold so actually it indicates towards involution and evolution but ordinarily you see there is so much of quarrel even in there are places in the uh, in in certain countries uh, out there um, i'm not going to name which country lest visa is not granted next time but where you know in the colleges there is a big problem if you teach evolution uh, people take a strong objection because uh, there is no evolution there is creation <laughs> and there is a the lot of debates that creationism versus uh, evolution and if you try to tell them they don't oppose each other so the things are created in the ideative world in the ideative world you can build everything without ma- manifesting the mahabharata or a poem in its essence exist within then you express it in expression there is time and place and evolution all evolution is manifestation anyways so the important thing here to understand is that if we take the widest idea then there is no problem why because is god there in science yes he is everywhere is he there in the scientist yes he is everywhere is he in matter yes jare jare mein kan kan mein tera noor samaya in everything there is that in each atom of existence that's how the mother puts it in each atom of existence uh, there is a fire that i kindle so can we imagine that the entire creation uh, is god there in the person who is a big sinner for all we know he may be more with him because he may realize that he is a nut case and who else but he can heal him he can't say i don't care for you you are gone he has to go all the more near him that's how the stories are so ultimately we must pick up that idea the widest idea and from that idea we try to pick up everything then we will see that we will discard nothing that's how we can integrate life when mother was asked mother when the supermind comes down what will it reject mother said reject but why should it reject if we go by what shurabindo has said it will reject nothing so then the disciple doesn't understand because we have heard about aspiration rejection surrender <laughs> 
Then she says, actually it means something else. We just, you know, I'll talk about it just in a moment. But she says, it will reject nothing. What it will reject is the artificiality, the hypocrisy, the falsehood. So what is rejection? Rejection is to take away the cover so that the true picture comes out. It's like when a murti is being built, an idol huge nowadays, you know, statues. So when a statue is being built, then nobody sees it till a point of time. It is covered by nobody, everybody is waiting what will come out. Then one day you take off the cover and then you discover the wonderful uh, you know, sculpture that is behind. Same thing happens with human life that for a long time we are simply work in progress. And if people can understand and I, be, I, I would rather suggest, recommend that in house keep this little placard inside your pocket and if your wife or husband say, uh, I thought you are this, you are that, Please take out that placard and show I am work in progress, son. <laughs> See, such a wonderful thing, Shirvinda said. Man is a transitional being. What a blanket cover. <laughs> we are not finished product, excuse me. Don't expect, you know. People come and ask, Oh, we want to see some supramental specimen in ashram. So, so sometimes I say, first you become a good mental specimen. <laughs> then we will show you the supramental specimen. <laughs> So, the idea is discover that widest idea. So, this is one way to integrate. But this doesn't help us in everyday life. I may understand that there is God within each element of creation. How do I deal with it? If God comes to me in the form of a snake, do I stand and say, Oh God, (laughs) I am Shiva, come, embrace me. He will embrace me and together we will go to Shiva. He will grant moksha for sure. So, to integrate in action, we need that focus through which the divine consciousness spreads itself into creation. That link, that nodal point is the psychic being. Psychic being is the link between the divine and our nature as it is presently formed. So, it is through the psychic that the divine gives us this indication. That indication, where to go. See, this in the ideative world it doesn't. That's why Vedantins had this big problem. Until we bring out this greater light, it is very difficult, or we directly have the access to intuition. But that's not easy. But this is within our reach. So it should be the effort for all of us to step back from surface nature, where we are standing in a crowd, jostled by all kinds of things, and discover this inmost being. Does it need seclusion? May or may not. It depends. If there is a power of concentration, if there is sincerity, one can do it anywhere. I remember once a little uh, incidence, must be around uh, 18, 19, studying in medical college, Pune. So we used to take a train, Gitanjali Express, uh, uh, coming all the way to Kolkata. So, uh, uh, you know, young student, we don't care about, you know, Booking, shooking, just get into the train general compartment. <laughs> so happy to. <laughs> so you get up with uh, a little bag and because you are young, you can sit, you can find the seat and sit there by the window and you're very happy. Then suddenly I took out a book, biochemistry book and started reading. Then there was an um, old lady trying to, you know, looking at me and then trying to sit. So I felt a lot of, you know, pity and I said, mercy. I said, okay, okay, uh, you sit. So then I was so lost in that book. It continued for eight hours. I was just standing in the general compartment reading, reading through the book. Then <laughs> suddenly I realized, train is stopping and going. Suddenly I realized my seat. I realized that lady has gone and given to somebody else. Now I can't even say, Ki, Bhaiya, this is my seat. Uh, luckily that person was going to a nearby place and I said, see, I'm sorry, but actually, you know, I know it is not my seat, but I had given it to, to a lady. Will you be kind enough to? He said, ah, nice people those days, you know. Anyways, people who are coming from, no, no, simple folks are nice people. Let me tell you. If you ask a little bit from somebody who is, you know, um, rich class, there, there was a very nice little uh, thing I had read. Jeb thi khali. Magar dil tha bhara. Dil hua khali, bari hai jeb jab se. So when my pocket was empty, my heart was full. And now that my pocket is full, 
my heart has become empty so that's the price we pay for civilization and i'm telling you just look at when you go to a street vendor you'll see an old lady selling fruit products or whatever vegetables uh, or a, an old lady you know and you bargain and she, you she will very cheap price i don't know so i don't want to say you know bindi 30 rupees a kg maybe i am grossly off the mark but you ask something like that a mango season so okay 50 rupees a kg and you supposing you tell her uh, amma make it little less so she will say okay so he she will make it uh, okay 40 45 then while measuring she will on her own make it make sure that the balance is little more tilted in your favor she'll do it very willingly go to a branded shop and, <laughs> and tell them <laughs> bhaiya this shirt is little too expensive will you reduce 100 rupees he will show you the gate so this is the kind of mindset so we become so narrow we can't integrate when we are narrow integration means vastness and there is no way to become vast when our goals are narrow if our aim is only to earn money forget about integration then we are like whatever makes me earn money but you know this uh, wealth comes at the cost of inner depravity we lose the wealth of the spirit because we lose kindness we lose generosity we lose many of these things charity which are gifts of the soul and help us ascend so nevertheless we have to step back from this crowd and we can do it while in the crowd in fact the sign of a person ready for yoga is when in the crowd he can be alone there is some uh, something like that written by shirobindo not exact words but when you can be alone in the crowd and when you are alone and you realize you have multitudes walt whitman's poetry i contradict myself i carry multitudes because you realize that you are not one being but many beings and you have to set all these beings in their place see that was the problem of the old paths of yoga jnana yoga so he you know looks upon emotions and uh, impulses and will and not this not this ultimately find the self but denude itself or even a bhakta goes into his secret chamber and bhaj govindam bhaj govinda what about others he is an outcast the bhakta is not likely to do so often but it has been done but um, there is no integration really but when we that's why shubindo brought this synthesis of yoga and the first kind of integration we find from the scriptural point of view is the gita it integrates beautifully heart will and the mind why because it integrates everything around the central will so there should be a goal which is so wide so vast and then when we search for that but first thing is to detach from all these surface attractions that's why one of the simplest but most powerful exercises even before we talk about integration is to learn to do works for selflessly nishkam karma this is very very powerful method we all have read about it we all you know these whatsapp university phal ki chinta mat karen they think phal means that fruit which you get in the market <laughs> and after saying teaching this phal ki chinta mat kar the person who is giving this gyan of the gita is eyeing the pocket ki <laughs> that's not <coughs> you see hypocrisy and falsehood doesn't work in front of the divine but what it means genuinely we are tied all the time to the surface drawn because of the surface uh, what will be the result and the result need not be only uh, material gain lot of people say we are not working for you know money some people will say that we are not here for money we are here to do mother's work but what it means by mother's work we want approval of somebody so it boils down to the same thing ultimately there is an outer result sometimes you want a pat on the back sometimes one may want promotion sometimes one may want name and fame and all these things can masquerade in such ways now the moment we have these kind of preferences we cannot really integrate because now our life is being led by an external um, you know what is called in psychology is outer locus of control but the locus of control has to be within me i must be the master of my house so we have to set this house in order where each thing must find its place the mind cannot because mind will say thought dominance heart cannot because heart will drag everything 
when heart drives then even the mind of the sage trembles because then heart will say come the mind will give a very nice justification or um, it cannot be done by any kind of um, you know uh, impulses and any kind of desires least of all so this this integration can only be done when first of all we learn to detach ourselves from the surfaces of life and learn to go within and be focused entirely on the inner goal uh, this is uh, this is wonderful actually nothing to worry you see i am referring to the phone calls don't worry this is exactly what we are reading yoga is all the time the practice of concentration should be such that nothing disturbs us whether it's a phone call or a bomb blast <laughs> see practical yoga at each point sorry for the diversion there was a phone call so i was referring to that in the recording room uh, so this is how one has to practice the yoga steadfastly first bring the locus of control inside so what does it mean so what will be the basis of my action my action should be such as makes the divine happy that's the only purpose why one exists now fortunately divine is not happy by uh, you know all kinds of outer things divine is happy and divine beings are happy when we have a movement which is beautiful unselfish at one place the mother says says do you think that uh, if you make a god seated in front of you and do all kinds of worship and puja he will like it he said he will not like it at all just imagine a real god seated and in front of him you keep bringing coconut and breaking it after two three coconut the god will say come here your head this coconut i want if you are ready to break it i am going to break it with my tap so this is the whole thing that coconut breaking is a breaking of the shell of the ego this you know when we break the shell of the ego the beautiful tasty stream of love the amrit the rasa comes out that's what the god wants so what do we do when we break we throw away the shell and we drink the water and we keep that inside uh, that little white thing to take it as prashadam so this is a symbol of our consciousness so we also as long as we live in the shell of the ego ego cannot integrate even a devi ego why devi ego cannot integrate see devas have their own issues so they live by certain ideas and ideals they cannot tolerate the asuras <laughs> so asuras come with their own problems and devas are rushing to you know you dare do this say this but divine has divine doesn't look at it like that as savitri says there is hope even for those dark deities who have leaped in revolt they too are safe a mother sams desires a rebel sons so this is how we have to go within and discover that psychic center then there is another aspect of integration i am just rushing through the subject discovery of the psychic center is a topic by itself so but basically the important thing is we must will it and will it sincerely everything in the world is possible if we sincerely will it but unfortunately this is uh, dialogue is misused by saying ki siddhat se jiski tamanna karo mil jata is not tamanna and desire but desire also is like a formation it goes and really builds up uh, a case in your favor <laughs> but that's not in favor because very often when we get the object of desire we discover oh this is not what i wanted but the if we will sincerely anything no process method these are all outdated things somebody kneeled and in an ecstasy was overjoyed <clears throat> and suddenly god appeared for days and nights he was walking jungle jungle in search of the divine that day he was filled with that ecstasy and he leaned and god appeared people saw that this is it this is how god appeared to him and they make a cult out of it that only if you kneel and pray god will appear he doesn't care about all these things get that seeking so before even we speak about integrate with whom we will integrate around an idea no however wide the idea may be it has to be around the only 
the great truth that the individual self and the universal self are one, which is around the one self. Call it divine, call it whatever, that's up to each one. And therefore, we must try to discover, very simple to discover God. It is all complicated, people are made by... <laughs> so don't, <laughs> you know, do this way, that way. He is karuna man, full of love. Just tell him, I want you. I seek you with all my heart. He will arrange each and every circumstance. It's not that suddenly he will appear instantly like a magic miracle. Magic is different stuff. God doesn't deal with magic. He is real. Real stuff. You say, you really want to meet me, my child? Yes, Lord. Okay. Start on the journey. <coughs> what do I have to do? He'll say, I'll do. <laughs> but you be ready. So we don't know what it means to be ready. So, hold my hand. Very happily hold my hand. <laughs> and then he starts pulling us from everything. Say, Lord, but uh, you know... I like this, I like that. Do you want to come with me? See, okay, I'll come with you. After some time again, Lord, don't, don't you think you are taking me too far from the shore? Huh, yes, but we have to go very far. Can't I stay near the shore? I can see my people as well as, you know. You say, oh, is it? So, what was it you were wanting earlier? Lord, I want you, but I want this also. You'll say, okay, then stay for some time. Then you'll stay for some time. It's described in Savitri. The whole uh, world traveler. After some time you will say, you know God, when I find you, I will find everything within you. Then I will integrate everything. First step is to find the divine. <coughs> there is no other way. And when we find the divine, then we find itself in everyone, naturally. And then our dealing with life changes. We are so easily able to integrate in each atom of existence, in each dust everywhere we can find so the next step is to integrate ourselves with the world and the first world is the people whom you are living with most difficult because human beings have a mind mind is like sharp edges you know the more developed the mind the more sharp the edges unformed undeveloped jelly like mind it's not ready for evolution unfortunately mind of the mass Driven by stock ideas. But the moment you become individualized, you develop sharp edges. But this is a phase, you can't help it. But when this individualized mind offers itself to the divine, then it becomes a lovely ice cream. But not for everybody to eat. <laughs> so, so, it is a process through which we go through. And then we start harmonizing with this world around. On what basis? Not on the basis of my profit, my benefit my results, my likes, dislikes, but around the fact that I have my views, you have your views, your is needed at this point for evolution, mine is needed at that point, but even though we stand with our views, we are not enemies, we are united, we are united in the divine, we are united in the work, we are united in the common goal, so this is how one will start from there. Ultimately, what is the common goal? Common goal is not limited to a place. Common goal is that this earth should become divine. Why else has it been created? So then when we meet anybody, depending on whatever level one is, and it can go to what extent, Mother says, when you have discovered the divine self within. She says, we should be able to reach a point where we should be able to say like that sage. She is referring to some sage, and I may not remember exact lines, but when you look at people, somebody who is seemingly what we would in ignorance call wicked or this thing, we should be able to say, Arise, O resplendent one, cast off this mask of ignorance and falsehood. It doesn't befit you. See, that is how Ratnakar was changed into Valmiki. But it has to be done with that power of conviction or the power of truth and faith. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It doesn't work as a formula. But when we can see with that eye that here is, this whole creation is divine. Then when we just go and be by the side of the tree, the tree will come and take us in its arms. We'll feel replenished. It will say, come, you have come my child. <laughs> You'll see God there. See, that was the beauty of Sri first experience. I mean, the first experience of Vasudevam Sarvamiti. Not first, it is the ultimate experience of old yogas. So wherever we go, we can find the arms of a beloved, our lover. 
and life begins to change beautifully we start integrating not only with human beings we understand the difficulties become generous by heart because we have worked upon our own difficulties so we know it's not easy sometimes good to remind each other when people <coughs> are very hypercritical tell them have you conquered your issues sir i have my issues you have yours <laughs> let's help each other conquer the issues rather than you know start condemning and the more we rise in consciousness the less we condemn the more we become generous true tolerance comes from there tolerance doesn't come from the mind it comes from a deep understanding that human nature falters stumbles and when we have worked upon our difficulty then we discover that so when we become generous these qualities of the soul develop and in our dealings with human beings we are generous we are equal we don't take it to heart somebody said this oh i'll remember all my life poor fellow has forgotten next day you are crossing this why are you cross with me have you not had this situation in the family you say you said this oh did i no 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 i didn't mean this so you realize <laughs> sometimes one carries it like a knot in the heart don't carry knots open the knots dil ki grah khol do open the knots and offer it to the divine life is meant for freedom and vastness and light and delight it's not meant for living in knots but we keep tying knots 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 so in this freedom and vastness we unite with creation and naturally when we unite with creation on this basis then we discovered the creator as the integral whole that is the great vision on the battlefield of kurukshetra where we see the vision of the creator not only as one who creates but also one who destroys and life becomes very simple in everything we see the divine all becomes divine in that state in that attitude it's a journey it cannot be adopted just like that and then this idea of low high this activity represents god that one doesn't represent god all this is washed away in everything even the most lowest and obscurest of activity there is god that's what shubhendra says but we we have to discover him it's not easy so even in the most obscure activity there is god and if we take care and when we have discovered him within then it's possible to do that in each and every activity of nature and thereby transform life so this is the large landscape i know it's it's a very vast subject and i'm sure tomorrow dr james is there who will uh, deal with it more but meanwhile we have 5 uh, 10 minutes so if there are any questions you're most welcome you're also welcome to post them or email them yeah so um yeah so um, let me give the widest possible answer to Uh, you know sometime when we are walking on the right path and what looks like a wrong path see this right and wrong is a division that the mind creates and it is necessary for action i am not saying it's not needed at a point of time but the larger truth is that what we call as the wrong path is a path which we think or feel has taken us away from the divine i am talking of those who are walking on the path so what do we do even in that activity see there are certain activities there are certain movements of consciousness which definitely <coughs> veil as it were the divine presence within if we have found it or else which seem like you know it, they are going to veil so even in those activities we have to learn to invoke the divine and when we call her whatever be the state whatever be the situation instead of entering into judgment and followed by judgment we enter into remorse then guilt then anger and frustration uh, instead of that just keep invoking the divine yes the difficult what we call as wrong paths are also parts of a nature you see when we climb on a mountain it's shobindo does not take us through just uh, one route to the it's an entire himalaya darshan Uh, i think you may have uh, heard about chotnarayan sharma he one of the things which which i still remember when i went to nainital and he would tell me he said something very nice he said you know with shurbindo uh, sab kuch sundar asundar sab kuch pura himalaya darshan hai we 
the mind invariably creates this division and as i said it's necessary at a certain stage otherwise we'll be completely lost but in the widest vision ultimately even the most asundar the most uh, seemingly thing which seems to be taking us away is ultimately has within it a core of the divine so the solution the mother gives it's there from volume 10 those who want to read it i think it's volume 10 she says do not try to be among the holies bear your own burden of the anti divine so she says and so what to do she says when it, when we are moved by impulses as you said sometimes it's speech sometimes it's actions feelings because they are part of the nature's plan she says instead of judging them as good and bad see good and bad prevent suffering because when we judge a thing as bad then we are first response is guilt and we try to come out of that rather than offer it how can i be like this so instead of judging oneself just offer it to her she says that offer it she says not rejection or suppression but offer it and by offering it anti divine could you see yeah this is um, based on one of the aphorism of shirbindo examine thyself without pity then thou wilt be more charitable and pitiful to others so even <laughs> we must examine ourselves you know so um she says that's essentially what this aphorism says seen from the other end so long as a single human consciousness carries the possibility of feeling acting thinking or being in opposition to the great divine becoming it is impossible to blame anyone else for it it is impossible to blame the adverse forces which are kept <laughs> in the creation as a means of making you see and feel how far you still have to go and then she goes on and says yeah and it corresponds to a state where you are so perfectly identified with all that is that you concretely become all that is anti divine just uh, read the power of these words and so you can offer it up it can be offered up and really transformed through this offering this sort of villain people for purity for good which in ordinary mentality is expressed by a need to be virtuous is actually the great obstacle to true self giving to be virtuous in fact at one place says she says even that this is uh, acts like an ill will because it takes us away divine wants us to go through all states of consciousness to transform them but we are like people saying no no this this room is dirty don't please let me enter there i want only that nice uh, living room you be with me there but he says no you have a storehouse sir i know but i have seen sometimes snakes there yeah don't worry i am the lord of even of snakes come with me no no sir please don't show me so when we go there we tend to feel suffocated and come out so she says don't do that instead what we should do know that she is there with us and then she says it's the root of falsehood the very source of hypocrisy the refusal to take up one share of the burden of difficulties and that's what shurbindo has touched on in this aphorism directly and very simply so what is the remedy she gives do not try to be virtuous <laughs> see this right and wrong create this problem it doesn't mean that try to be wicked no she's not saying that <laughs> obviously that nobody will try but do not try to be virtuous see to what extent you are united one with all that is anti divine take up your share of the burden accept to be impure and and false yourself and in so doing you will be able to take up the shadow and offer it all of us have this shadow inside this is the great teaching of madhurya shubindu that there is in us a shadow that little spot and actually the path of the conquest runs through this shadow just we can't escape it see in traditional yoga we withdraw from the all this is dark but here you have to enter into that at some point of course this doesn't mean that one stays from beginning that i am in the shadow no first is to find the divine and then one will encounter this shadow at some point of time and in so far as you are able to take it and offer it things will change don't try to be among the pure except to be with those who are in darkness and in total love 
offer it all. So the process is to keep offering it. And uh, as to speech, I think one of the things that helps with regard to speech is just learn to step back a little. It's a very basic practice. Not only speech, but everything. One learns to step back in life before rushing into action. And it's a great help. It takes time. But eventually by, again, to offer this speech to her with aspiration to illuminate, to make it pure, to make it beautiful, to make it divine, then it eventually changes. It's a long process because this is yoga of transformation. Unlike traditional yoga where you live in a secluded spot within our being. So all this will come part of the process. We are all together in it. So, yes, it is long. Very long. But what waits at the end of the night are the arms of our divine beloved. We have to discover him not only in the day but also in the night. He wants to meet us on the nuptial couch in night, draped in night. So be it. See when it's night in the, in physically we can see there is the day when sun rises in splendor. But there is something we miss in the daytime and that is the Stars forming a necklace around him. The beauty of the moon floating in sky. So this is also an experience. So one has to go through. You know, Kali is also divine mother. Yes. Just offer and everything. Yes. Her grace and love is there. And that is the great remedy. Without judging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah I can understand. Especially when... We are attached to people, we love them, care for them and their opinions begin to matter to us. So basically what we have to understand here is that uh, there are two approaches one can take. One is a little more drastic and radical approach and that approach is that ultimately human opinions don't count. What counts is what the divine feels or knows about us. And fortunately the divine doesn't judge but changes. So we have to keep offering. But that's a little too radical and drastic approach. The second approach which can be very helpful is, but it requires a lot more, you know, what shall I say, maybe kind of courage, uh, is that when there is a criticism leveled at us. So we look at it, uh, the mother says this is how she used to deal with criticism, uh, that to look at it very impersonally and see is there a truth in the opinion. Is there a kernel of truth in that standpoint? Maybe I am blind to something, but some through somebody else, mother is saying something to me which may be true. And when I look at it very impersonally, very impartially, I may discover in it a kernel of truth. Now when we discover that there is something within us which is not so nice, very often we get depressed, but she says we should be happy because it's an opportunity to progress. But at the same time, very often the person doesn't know what's our inner state and it may not be true at all. Most uh, judgments that people cast are ignorant judgments. So in that case, we have to just uh, smile and discard it, knowing very well that, well, this is not what uh, I have done. This is not why I am doing what I am doing. And uh, regardless of the judgment of the person, I have to stand and go by what I truly believe in. So it helps on one level in individualizing ourselves because when we face oppositions and still <coughs> trust in, you know, what we believe to be true and we <laughs> follow that trail. <coughs> Sorry, that's a path of human evolution. But uh, yes, it is painful. All Individualization is a very painful process because you'll always find people. Individualization means that we are coming out of the masses. And what nature does is, uh, for the purposes of individualization, it almost invariably places us in contact with people who will oppose you. There was a very interesting little um, uh, thought I had read as a youngster just after my medical graduation. I loved it. It was uh, written that the greatest, the most beautiful shells are uh, you know, carved when the entire ocean rushes against it. <laughs> so what happens when the entire ocean force rushes against it? You will see beautiful colors and splashes and nice scarves. But the shell has to withstand it. So when we go through this process of individualization, yes, we will find uh, opposition. We should know it is God's plan. He is shaping us. Although the shaping God's tremendous touch is felt as pain, the spirit rises mightier with each defeat. So we have to allow the process, smile at it, and know that behind all these opinions, viewpoints, people's judgment, look for that little trace of light which is there at the core. 
just pick up it's nothing to do with that human being but there is some some trace of light pick it up and progress and if uh, none of it is true when one looks inside then it's okay one only understand that well this is a fact that uh, as human beings we are not equipped really to understand what's going on in another person's consciousness we are just not equipped so to expect that somebody would really understand is itself a you know big error so we have to just uh, do that course correction and know that really apart from divine nobody can understand and yet he can speak even through a child who can tell us that emperor you are without the clothes and we have to then look at ourselves sometimes that is also needed so most important element is not what people are saying or not saying what their judgment is but the urge for progress and the direction we want to move for somebody who wants to unite with the divine everything will become an occasion to move further at whatever level we are and we are not here for you know making people satisfying their idea of what a spiritual person should be or what uh, we should be we are each one is unique and we are here to become his ice cream <laughs> not <laughs> not the you know everybody's uh, pot puri yeah exactly i see i'll tell you one thing uh, this both experience as well as you know what people have union between two beings can only come from the heart the mind cannot unite it can have a place for different standpoints but heart is the center of unity it is only love that can unite but with the mind we'll play with idea there will be sometimes similar think thoughts sometimes contradictory thought but when it comes to heart it unites so basically that ground doesn't allow mind has created mind by its nature is the divisive Uh, power so it cannot really unite it's it's meant to create individualities it is meant to by its nature look at things separately so yeah yeah but yeah responsibility i think we have to realize that our main responsibility is towards the divine and while we try to do what is best i understand the point that you know things don't hurt we don't we should never will to consciously hurt anyone subtly not or harm anyone yet we must understand that in this wide becoming nobody can as of now escape a certain degree of you know uh, pain in the process of evolution sometimes somebody may uh, unfortunately we may be sometimes on the receiving side which is okay sometimes uh, because of our reactions or inaction somebody else may be on the receiving side and how much ever you may explain that's the person journey the whole perception and everything because everybody is playing with perception nobody knows the truth so one has to just accept it as the uh, you know the part of the play or the price for the great journey can't help it <laughs> thank you thank you thank you